Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, all our social media outlets. We are also the official Dolphins content here for the Fan Sided Network and Fin Fanatic. Be sure to check us out on that too. So you see, I'm in a little bit of a lighter room. I've, I've moved locations, uh, which is kind of emblematic of a little bit of how I feel today compared to the last uh, couple of nights here. Uh, you know, I was in a dark basement, dark place, uh, yet a lot of yelling. My wife actually was uh, was saying that, you know, you were getting really animated downstairs and said, yeah, I was pretty, pretty, pretty pissed off. Um, but that, that's changed a lot here. And, and it's because of uh, one specific Dolphin signing here. As of 10 minutes ago, the Dolphins actually added um, another player. His name is Brennan Scarlett. He's an edge defender. There, he's been with the Texans for a few years. Played 11 games last year. Didn't have any sacks, but then again, a lot of the Texans didn't do very well last year. Uh, the year before, um, you know, he he stepped in and, I, and and he had he had a I don't know the exact amount, but he had several sacks for him. He's played a lot of snaps. He's six four two seventy. Has a lot of versatility. So this is a signing off the cuff that I I I do love um, Paul, but. The major signing, obviously, was Will Fuller, and it's one that we talked about here on um, uh, really on Wednesday night when I was going on my rant, uh, and it was a player I did not expect the Dolphins to sniff because of how things were going, and then we get an alert, one year, $10 million, so your thoughts. I love the signing. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it makes even more sense if you're going to go with Pitts in the first round. Um, I think it's low risk, high reward. I do worry a little bit about the injury history just because we've got Preston Williams. He gets hurt a lot. We've got Jakeem Grant. Gets hurt a lot. Albert Wilson. Gets hurt a lot. Devontae Parker. Gets hurt a lot. And Mike Kosicki is a big old sissy, even though he's a heck of a receiver. So... You know, we've got a pretty broad injury history. I don't think it precludes us from going after the draft. I thought the contract terms were very interesting. The fact that he's basically making the veteran minimum, but he's got a $9 million signing bonus and $3 million, I believe it is, in incentives. So I, I like it, though. I really do. I think he could add an element to this offense that really opens things up. Gesicki a sissy after uh, basically playing with a broken collarbone in the last couple of games. Those are pretty strong words there and i completely disagree with that Dude, the guy uh, but, blocked everybody that said they like dallas goddard on twitter i don't care it's, like, i care about what he does on the field it's, it's it doesn't matter to me watch him try to uh, block he's he's not a i mean i give him credit for the collarbone but come on i'm not looking for an inline blocking tight end uh with with Gesicki. i think he blocks he blocks safeties and cornerbacks which isn't too hard but uh you know Dude, when he blocked I, the corner we were both shocked 
Hey Dolphins fans, support for On the Fin Side is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We've got an exclusive offer for our listeners, which is 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. In addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower clean and easy. I now feel confident shaving my boys. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. Kat and I already have our Perfect Package 3.0 on the way. What are you waiting for? Your balls will thank you. Make sure you get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. All right, we'll we'll get back on point here because I've again I've taken us off 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 the beaten path. I love this signing. I was I was elated with it, and for me, it took the off season so far from a D to a B plus. That's that's how much I I care about it because I wanted the Dolphins to get one big difference maker that not only created a ripple effect on the team but also allowed them to cut down on needs heading into the draft. And that's exactly what Will Fuller does. Yes, he's got the injury history. There's no doubt about that. He also has suspended the last six games for PEDs. That's a major concern. And he's going to be suspended the first game for PEDs. But the other side of that is it's a one-year contract. And it so it really doesn't carry any risk. And if it, this is a player that compliments to Devontae Parker very, very well. Somebody that can line up on the boundary and go over the top. Uh, if you just take a look last year, if he was on pace for, get this, if he hadn't missed his last six games, he was on pace for 77 catches, 1,259 yards, and 12 touchdowns. And so had he played those last six games, he would have been asking for the $18 million that Kenny Galladay is trying to get out there in the open market. And I think he would have got it at 26 years old, given how he can attack teams down the field. I'd agree with that. It, it's, and, and he would have deserved it. I mean, you look at some of the players getting 23 million right now and it, it's insane. Uh, and it, it's, it's one of those things where the Texans were always losing. So they always had to throw the ball. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's, some of it's a a proclivity for um, chucking it up from behind that that I think we saw a lot of folks benefit from. You bet. And it does also have an impact on how we look at the third pick in the draft, which we'll talk about here in just a second. It does. Um, I still want Pitts. Still want him. I still want to trade down. Um, I am still, I still, my my top three priorities have not changed. Penny Sewell, trade down, Pitts. If we can uh, somehow find a way to get uh, get a trade down and get Kyle Pitts, which I don't think is, it's it's 
probably not. That probably wouldn't happen because the Dolphins, if they fell down to eight or nine or somewhere down there, he'd probably be off the board. But I don't think it's impossible that that the Dolphins could get still still get somebody like that, uh, or still get Kyle Pitts there uh, at, at the number eight pick. Um, so yeah, it's it'll be fascinating. But um, now the Dolphins are not in position where they have to get um, a wide receiver uh, number three because I think they were backing themselves really into a corner on that. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm elated with the signing. And, and look, if, if Will Fuller feels it fails a drug test tomorrow for PEDs, I'm going to say the same thing. It was worth the risk. One year, $10 million. And, it, you know, this very easily could have been 18 or $19 million, um, but for some team before, uh, you know, if, if, if not for the for the suspension here at the end of the year. So, you know what I just realized? I wonder if they manufactured the contract this way so if Fuller were to fail another PED test, they're able to go after the signing bonus. Um, that that has happened before. I'm not sure yeah. if it's happened in this situation, but I, I'd have no insight of that uh, here No, right I'd have now. to look. Sorry, it just occurred to me while we're sitting here on the air um, because I have seen teams go after signing bonus for a player missing time that they committed to. I wonder yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's and it's some sometimes that gets sometimes they try to go after it and then it it gets pretty litigious from that point. So yeah, if it comes to that, we'll see. But right now, I'm very very excited because now now you head into the draft with Devontae Parker, who just you know 14 months ago uh, led the a led all AFC receivers uh, in yards. You have Mike Gesicki who was fourth in uh, uh, receiving yards in the NFL among tight ends. Now you've got Will Fuller, who had 879 yards in 10 games last year and offers that deep speed element. So very, very exciting stuff here. Now, I began the day even angrier than I was the night before, if you can believe that, because um, (laughs) they got your boy. um, Well, I I was at my friend's house and (laughs) and I got an alert that said that, the Dolphins land their center. So I looked at it and I'm like, oh, good. They got David Andrews. Uh, you know, that the, at least at least I'm, I can end the day here saying the Dolphins got a starter instead of depth or, or backups or whatever the hell they were doing the two previous days. They got some decent players, whatever. But then I, I go into the full message and it's Matt, they signed Matt Skura one year, 1.75 million. I'm like, really? The guy that I was making fun of? Uh, here a couple of days ago, the guy was saying, like, uh, in it was Chuck Chuck Knobloch in the 1990s who couldn't throw the ball to first base. Who, you know, it look and and Matt Skura two years ago was a player that I I loved. Uh, you know, when that Thursday night game with the Dolphins got shellacked and Matt Skura was just punching people in the mouth out there in the Dolphins defensive line, I was like, man, I want a center like that. But then in 2019, he tore his ACL, MCL, his PCL. His 2020 season was a disaster. He um, he did not play well. And then you got he got to two games in the middle of the season. He couldn't snap the ball. Supposedly he had a big cut on his hand one game. Uh, and then the next game they were playing uh, playing in, in some pretty bad rain. So he had some really bad snaps. They benched him, put in Patrick McCarry there, and it was just a disaster of a season. He had to put out an announcement uh, begging people to not um, – 
give death threats to him and his family. So it got ugly. I mean, no doubt about that. But it was one year, one point seven five million. And I, 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 you know, on one hand, I say, OK, if Matt Skurr gets back to that point, he was two years ago. This is a steal. But we can't ignore also what's happened over the last year with with Matt Skurr either. Yeah, I'm curious to see how he does moving forward if, you know, the, the issues with the knee were, were part of the problem or what. Because I remember going into the offseason um, two years ago or last offseason, I don't remember, but when he was hit, poised to hit free agency and, and, and we were both bummed about the knee injury because he was a guy that we looked at as a possible target and the Dolphins eventually ended up with Ted Karras because the guy was hurt. Um, and I think a lot of teams felt that way. Uh, until he turned into uh, Rube from Major League Two and started chucking the ball all over the field instead of the pitcher's mound. Yeah, uh, we had a similar situation here in St. Louis, another baseball reference. And I don't like baseball, but um, Rich Ankiel, if you remember him, uh, he, was a, he was a pitcher for the Cardinals. And he uh, just one day just went out there and just started sailing the ball 20 feet over the, over the batter's head. Nobody could explain it. Switched him to the outfield and, uh, you know, just was never the same pitching prospect, obviously. But, you know, I, I, I'm not saying it's come to that. And look, I reclamation project, fine. And it's possible that we just walk away at the end of one year and say he was just a, a, a decent depth player guard, you know, and you're not you're not really risking a lot. So that's fine. I, w- I was hopeful they weren't going to sign him for more than they signed Ted Karras. Ted Karras signs with New England for 1.4 or, or excuse me, one year, 4 million. They get David Andrews back too, which I'm sure pissed off Ted Karras. Um, so yeah, it's, I'm glad it was one year, 1.75 million. So that's, that that's not bad on that front. Um, but Paul, another thing too, is something that was being reported um, uh, pro football network recorded or reported as well was um was at one point that the Dolphins were close to a deal with Chris Carson and they weren't the only place that reported. So I'm not going to completely throw them under the bus on that. Um, I love Chris Carson. I mean, I I don't, I'm not a big fan of signing 27 year old running backs who have been hurt, but man, he brings an attitude to the offense and he's still out there as of right now. So we don't know if the Dolphins would be interested or not, but it's kind of like with the receivers where each day that goes by, the price tags are going down on those running backs. So two questions for you, Paul. Number one, would you be interested in Chris Carson for, let's say, $5 million if the Dolphins can move some dollars around? Or number two, or would you rather just wait until the NFL draft? I think at this point, I, I, and, and this is not a dig at Carson because I, I do like the player, but looking at the fact that Miami's got about $12 million in cap space right now and they're going to need most of that <clears throat> for draft picks and, and, and practice squad players, I think I'd rather just 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 roll with the draft on that one. I, I don't think he's good enough in my opinion and durable enough in my opinion that you're not only cutting or signing Carson, you're having to move money around whether it's cutting guys or restructuring players and and I just think the talent difference between him and, and some of these draftable running backs, I, I'd rather have them. Yeah, I, I I'm starting to lean that way too. I would be happy with either scenario. Yeah. Um. You know, I think 
I think Carson could have, if, if you start, if we get a week from today and Chris Carson's still out there, when you look at what some of the running backs are getting, I mean, Marlon Max coming off an injury, but he went back for one year, $2 million to the Colts. Um, if, if he's still sitting out there, it's like, Hey, I could go to Miami and be a starting running back for three and a half, four million a year. I think that's tremendous value at that point. And now you can really go best player available in the draft, but overall, I'm still looking at that 36 pick and saying, uh, you know, Najee Harris may not be there, but Javante Williams, Travis Etienne, one of those three guys is going to be there. And, and I think that might look like the good situation. And because I don't think the Dolphins have adequately addressed the center position here, Creed Humphrey and Quinn Miners, somewhere in the, maybe not the first round, but somewhere in the second round, uh, they, they could be very, very high considerations too. They could. It's those. I mean, and not just them. I mean, as as much as I don't like Landon Dickerson, I do think he's an upgrade over Matt Skura. Um, you got Josh Meyer, and and there's a number of other center. Pro- this is probably the deepest class I've seen at center in a long time. Uh, to to be completely honest with you on this one, um, and the intriguing thing to me would be. I know we talk a lot about trade downs, and I'm glad that Michael in our chat brought this up. The fact that, and I don't want to get all into the allegations, but the fact that Deshaun Watson looks to be kind of untouchable at the moment might lead some of these teams that might have been in on Watson to look to move up in the draft because it's an option that's just off the table. The Texans didn't seem interested before, and they might grow to regret that decision now at this point. Uh, But there could be some teams looking to trade up that might have been looking to go after Watson. Uh, previously yeah it's safe to say and you know we don't want to comment too much on it because of everything that's up in the air but yeah i mean it's at least it at least throws a monkey wrench into everything that's going on uh in addition to all the monkey wrenches that have already been thrown in there so it's it's a it's a situation that i don't see resolving itself by draft day in any way, shape, or form. And you're right, Paul, that you take a team like the Panthers that were supposedly willing to give their left arms for Deshaun Watson. Their owner, you know, who, who is a guy that is known for getting what he wants. Uh, if he wanted Watson and anything it took for it to happen. Now, I, I don't see that happening by draft day at least. So um, you take a look at the uh, Trey Lance and what he showed in his pro day, that arm strength wowed people with his arm strength, kind of like Josh Allen did a few years ago and uh, kind of a new development. Justin Fields posts a video of himself supposedly running a four, four, one. And then he said, he's going to run a four, three at the pro day, you know, quarterback shouldn't matter that much, but this is a guy over a span of however many games had 51 touchdowns and one interception um, between 2019 and 2020. Then he had a couple bad games. But anyway, still a top prospect. What if the Dolphins moved from three to four with the Falcons? And then there was also a bidding war at number four for the fourth quarterback that the Dolphins could trade down for again. I I, I mean. It's the, it's not outside the realm of possibility, Kat. It, 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 it's not. And they'd get a haul on top of a haul. I mean, I, I know you don't love mock drafts, but one of the scenarios that I've done a lot in, in some of these. Oh mocks, God! Well, no, no, I know, I, I know. I'm, I'm, just, just, just get it out of the way. One of these scenarios that, by the way, nice hat, nice hat. I like it. Look at that. Okay, nice. Um, but uh, 
No, one of the scenarios I've done a lot is with Penny Sewell typically being on the board. Um, I, I've I've typically traded down with the Bengals, who you know, thinking of them trying to protect Joe Burrow, they don't always take Penny Sewell because you know automated drafts, um, and then wound up trading back again uh, from five to seven or eight and, and accumulating just a little bit more, and still being able to grab occasionally Kyle, Kyle Pitts, um, occasionally Micah Parsons, occasionally one of the big three wide receivers, but here's the thing, with three or four quarterbacks going in the top six or seven picks, one of those five players is sitting there always at eight or nine. Yeah, it's and it's a mathematical certainty that it would happen because, you know, if the Dolphins are trading or letting somebody trade up to three, they're taking the third quarterback. And then after that, I can't see a scenario unless Fields falls off a cliff where he's not going somewhere in the top eight. Uh, Adam Schefter reported the other day, and he doesn't come out definitively. I mean, I'm not saying this guy's a genius or anything, but he came out and he said, take it to the bank The top that uh, four quarterbacks are going in the top seven. I believe that to be true. When you look at an offseason where Jared Goff uh, was traded, which Jared Goff, a third rounder and two firsts were traded for Matt Stafford, a first and a third for Carson Wentz. Andy Dalton just got a starting job for $10 million. Ryan Fitzpatrick got a starting job again with Washington here for $10 million. Teams know they are screwed if they don't get a quarterback here. And Carolina, I think, is looking at themselves in that same situation. And now they didn't get Stafford. They're not going to get Deshaun Watson, presumably. So they're going to be desperate. And I think the Dolphins could really take advantage of that. Yeah, and the interesting thing here is there's a lot of teams that are signing these guys that are on their last legs to be coming to be the starter at quarterback with no answer behind them either. So just because a team has taken somebody to start this year, don't count them out as, as a team that's trying to move up, whether it's you know trying to come up and get like a Mac Jones uh, with at 18 if Miami's able to move down. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's not just in that top 10. But you're going to have a few teams here that are still sitting there playing musical chairs. And, God, the, the Bears are the biggest example. They tried to trade for Russell Wilson, crapped out on that, and I believe they don't pick until they've got two picks in the second round. Uh, yeah, they and they pick – I think so. Um, and they pick 20th or 21st. I, I think 20th. Oh, okay. So they're, n- they're not in a good spot. And why they made the decision to – I mean – the Bears are a mess. Uh, uh, my friend Bob, who contributes on the show sometimes, who's our, our Bears correspondent, yeah, he's not doing too well right now with that. Uh, I mean, if, think of this: they signed they signed Andy Dalton for ten million, re-signed Jermaine Fetty at guard for five, uh, uh, Angelo Blackson they give three million to, and then they cut Kyle Fuller, their Pro Bowl cornerback, because they say they don't have enough money. Like. You just now, signed three bozos. That's why. But now they're talking to Galladay still, supposedly. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, um, it's it's uh, there are reports that Allen Robinson wasn't down for his tender until he heard that they were talking to Galladay a little bit. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned Galladay too, because yeah, his name's still out there with the Giants, with the Ravens, uh, with the Bengals too, and that's interesting to watch. And the Bears. Now, looking at the Bengals. They already have Tyler Boyd and T Higgins, you know, so they're looking, it it seems they're looking to add that third receiver. 
uh, for Joe Burrow, and that makes a lot of sense. They also signed Riley Reef today to play right tackle. I know he's 33 years old, but they did sign him to start. You know, when you give somebody $8 million, you're signing him to start. It wouldn't surprise me if the Bengals have in mind a Joe Burrow-Jamar Chase reunion there at five as opposed to trading up or even selecting Penny Sewell. Yeah, which would be a catastrophic bit of idiocy, as good as Jamar Chase is. Uh, the Bengals need linemen, and they need linemen badly. Uh, it, it's It doesn't matter how good Joe Burrow is or how much potential he has and, and how much toughness he has, which which he's got all of those things. But, you know, you look at Matt Schaub with the Texans years ago. They kept trying to surround him with weapons and never put anything in front of him. So you, you had probably one of the more talented co- – quarterbacks that I've seen to get the yips pretty early in his career and at which point he never recovered it's he turned into a chuck and duck that threw more pick sixes I think than he 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 did touchdowns by the end yeah yeah it's so yeah it'll be fascinating to see what's what's going on here um before we wrap up Paul you know we're taking a look at the free agency anybody else really jump out at you as you know, one or two players that you might be interested in dolphins don't have a lot of money to spend as you pointed out you know they've they've got what 13 14 million left but they're going to have to have to allocate 12 and a half million or so to the draft presumably but they can also ha- you know cut uh an Albert Wilson a um uh, Alan Hearns which isn't too much Jesse Davis uh, and you know if it comes down to it Bobby McCann or Jakeem Grant which neither one of us really want so um but anyway look at look, looking out there anybody else really interested you at the moment, I mean, I think Jarek McKinnon's still out there, and I think as time wears on, you can get him for a discount to come in and compete. Uh, I think if he's healthy, he could be an upgrade at least over Savan Ahmed if you can get him at the right price. Uh, the big thing I'd say with Alan Hearns, I think you you want to designate him as a June 1st cut to actually save money uh, if you were to make that move. But really, uh, I'm I'm starting to squarely turn towards the draft unless some really key cuts come in. Uh, unless, you know, I, I haven't looked over the Texans roster to see who else we can get on the cheap. But, uh, you know, since they've turned into our farm team moving forward here. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, so th- there aren't too many guys. Uh, you know, one one player I'd like that that's out there, it depends on how hurt he is from last year, is uh, safety Malik Hooker, who could really come in on a one-year prove of contract as we go along get into a great secondary, a great scheme, and, and really set himself up well for the 2020, uh, uh, 2022 offseason. Um, uh, Jordan Jenkins is a name that, you know, I've, I've always thought he was a little bit underrated. He might be able to, you know, kind of be that edge linebacker type player for the right price. Uh, you know, T.Y. Hilton we've talked about, um, and it, it would kind of lock you out from, really lock you out from drafting a receiver in the top 10, like we've talked about as far as I'm concerned, well, maybe not lock you out, but you know, if Hilton says, Hey, I, I could come to Miami for three or 4 million a year for me on maybe a one-year contract. I think I can probably contribute. And, and I would agree with that. So um, Lawrence guy is somebody that has experience with the Patriots. He can be a little bit more of that edge player than we've seen from the recent dolphins, Def- more than more so than the recent Dolphins defensive tackles. I don't think Adam Butler is that type of player, more of an interior rusher. A guy can more be moved around and set the edge a little bit as well. So those are a few guys I've, I've got my name on here. And we've got a lot of time here before the April 29th uh, NFL draft. 
um, that, that'll be the Thursday. And then Friday, you've got rounds two and three on April 30th. And then Saturday, uh, May 1st, you're going to have our rounds four through seven. So we've got a lot to talk about here in the upcoming weeks, and we are going to get crazy with the draft in the upcoming weeks, Paul, now that free agency has started to clear and the picture is coming a little bit more into focus. So anything else jump out at you? No, I mean, it, it's one thing I just want to say is as far as the Watson thing and nothing to do with the news right now, I think the fact that we're talking about Miami having about 12, 12 and a half million in cap space, needing that space for the rookies and, and the uh, practice squad should pretty well squash the Deshaun Watson thing at this point. You would have to not only give up a ton of resources, but now probably release a number of resources to be able to even make it work in any in any shape or form. So I think at this point, the, and, and you add that, to, you add the news to that, I think we're rolling with Tua moving forward. I, I think that's definitely the case. I thought it was the case before all this, uh, you know, all this would I and honestly I haven't looked into it too much it hasn't you know I, I just haven't <laughs> and I mean I think money wise they could make it work and compensation wise they could make it work if it came to that but there's so much to figure out before the draft with him that I don't think any way that that's going to happen so yeah I, I'm excited to roll with Tua I, I, I always have been it was always from a talent perspective Watson is a different is a different person and a different player on the, on that level. So, uh, also too, uh, yeah, we don't have to go down this road. But Deami Brown's for some reason, you weirdos have mentioned him like three or four times <laughs> in the chat. I'm just kidding. I love you all, but uh, yeah, he, he's a guy we're going to talk about a lot too. A vertical threat for North Carolina. Uh, he he is one of a few players, or really the only player in this draft, who can say he has over a thousand yards in back-to-back seasons and over twenty yards a catch. I think the rest of his game is a little sloppy, but that one dimension that he has uh, is is quite a dimension. So we're going to talk a little bit more about him as as we continue to go along. Perfect. And, and then, Cat, one thing I have to say because because Tommy's been saying it all all show and really for about the past twenty shows we've done. Is is I think a few folks are starting to get excited for us to do a mock, and I, I don't know. When oh, we're, gonna, we're gonna. But listen, listen. I hate type, mock drafts. He typed it gonna, in all caps. Hold on, Germany. hold on, hold on. I hate mock drafts, but we're gonna do them. I I gave the people what they want, so we're we're gonna we're gonna do that, and we're gonna do several of them here over the next five and a half weeks. We're gonna do Dolphins ones. We're gonna do a first round mock in general. We just want free agency to clear first. So, yeah, we'll do a freaking mock draft. God, people. Um, <laughs> now, thank you all for joining us here uh, on the Fin side uh, for this. Uh, really, it kind of feels like a wrap-up of the free agents, uh, free agency here as we go along. Should see some more names filter in. We saw Brennan Scarlett filter in just 10 minutes before we went live here. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio radio all of our social media outlets i'm brian cat nfl on twitter paul is fanatic underscore pick be sure to follow us on the fan-sided and uh, fan-sided network as well as finfanatic.com and if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side it is on the fin side for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.